choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that goal will serve to organize and measure the best of our energies and skills. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. One we are willing to postpone. And one we intend to win. Here's a ground ball right side. Could do it. The Welcome back to another edition of Beyond the Diamond podcast here on the Apollo Podcast Network. Brian Lalima, Apollo Dez, and the Yankees just took two out of three from the Houston Astros. And Dez, let's just get right into it. It was a raucous crowd um, up there in the Bronx, but we, uh, we saw a little bit of bad baseball uh, from the Astros at times, but they, got, they snuck one. Got, got a win on Jose Altuve's birthday. They hit a couple home runs against Garrett Cole, and they were able to beat the Yankees in game three of the series, seven to three. So you get out of, or seven to four, excuse me, you get out of New York with at least one win, and now you come back home uh, to take on the Toronto Blue Jays on a weekend series. But um, what, what were your thoughts, just early thoughts here on, on the series? Yeah, I mean, the, the Astros held serve. That's the best way to sum it up on this road trip going three and three. Um, it's not pretty. It, it wasn't ugly. Um, it just was 500 baseball. And so uh, sneaking one today against Garrett Cole, you would have told me that after the first two games, I would have said you're a liar, but here we are. Um, the team, the team scored six runs in the last three innings to, to win today, seven to four. So that's called resiliency. It shows what this team is capable of because they're never out of the game. And um, it was a, it was just a pleasure to see because the last two games of the series, or excuse me, the first two games of the series, um, were wins that were pissed away and turned into losses. And it seemed like Dusty and Co were playing not to lose, and um, they lost. So it, it it just feels good to sneak one out, and uh, especially the last game of the series, it, just, it leaves a good. Good little taste in your mouth going into uh, this weekend series against Toronto. Yeah, and if you look at if you look at Game One against the Yankees, Zach Greinke comes out, doesn't have uh, a good first inning. They they started to trail three to one after the first, and then Greinke uh, kind of settled down, got uh, got some big outs, threw a couple of quality pitches, got some double play balls, and was able to hold it to three to one up until the fourth uh, top of the fourth. The Astros got two more and tied it at three. Brandon Belak came in. Um, and then there was that four spot in the sixth inning. And that was the difference between the Yankees and the Astros in game one. And I mean, the you... difference, the difference for the series was John Carlos Stanton. It, yeah. We, and we talked about it and we said, this guy is literally the hottest hitter on the planet and he's hitting balls at 200 miles an hour off the bat. And he put on a damn clinic. I mean, I think he had eight hits in three games. Yeah. <laughs> and hit, we just kept pitching he hit a to ball, him. He hit a bomb in every game. He hit a home run in every game against hit, the Astros. Did he get one today? Yes. Yeah. He hit an opposite field home run against uh, yeah, he McCullough's got one today off, Yeah, he got one today. Uh, off Lance. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was, it was a John Carlo, Mike Stanton series, and it – it didn't have to be because Aaron Judge struck out 50 times behind him in yeah. three games. So I think I think for Aaron Judge, he struck out. Obviously, he struck out. He had the golden or I'm sorry, the, the platinum sombrero. Platinum sombrero. Platinum sombrero in game two. And then he struck out again uh, today. And I, I think he struck out twice today. So yeah, he, he struck seven out in a row. six. Was it six? OK, I was going to say six or seven in a row. Seven in a row. Yeah. For Mr. Mr. Judge. So. <laughs> With Aaron Judge hitting behind Giancarlo Stanton, he was not a he was not a factor at all. Yeah, and yet and, we pitched to the guy that was right. hitting everything out. You pitched to a guy that Des you talked about on the last edition of Beyond the Diamond podcast. You talked about the exit velo. He's in the top one percent in essentially every. Top hitting category so far this season. Exit, velo, exit velo, velo, hard hit percentage, 
uh, so forth and so on. And he continued the hot hitting, and the Astros continued to pitch to him. When Aaron yeah. Judge could, when Aaron Judge w- couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. I mean, the dude, the dude was all over the place, flailing at pitches, swinging right through fastballs, rolling over. I mean, it was just embarrassing for Aaron Judge. He's just like, going through. I don't through know. A I don't really know if it's just time. me, but it just it may just be the hitter in me, and I just hate pitchers to begin with because pitchers are always complaining. They're always bitching and moaning and you know they have the easiest practice they go out throw a flat flat ground they do a little pin work you know and go hit some golf ball golf balls at the local community club like that's what pitchers do they do some they do some poles yeah they do some stretches but that's what the pitchers do and they're always complaining and then it just seems like our guys are so freaking stubborn they're like yeah i can get this guy out the guy behind me couldn't get this guy out but i'm capable of getting this guy out and meanwhile Mike Stanton is just hitting balls to fucking Canada and beating us single-handedly. And I'm just sitting there like, all right, something's got to change. Like, hey, we did this in Soto with Soto in 19. We did it with Randy Rosarena in 20. We did it with JBJ in 18. Like, you could always go back and look at, at big-time series and be like, oh, what did we do? What did the pitching staff do? They pitched the hottest guy on the planet? Oh, I'm not surprised. So it's just frustrating, and it may just be me being a, being a hitter and hating pitchers, but... Um, that really, really, really set me off from this yeah, when, upset. When you look down the box score, let's just take game two here for the Yankees. DJ LeMay, he really didn't do much <clears throat> this series. Yeah, we kept him at bay. For Yeah, you kept him at bay is literally the words I was going to use. And to keep DJ LeMahieu at bay is something to, to notice because DJ LeMahieu is one of the best hitters in the big leagues right now. Uh... Mike Stanton, or sorry, Giancarlo Stanton, three for four, four RBIs. Uh, yeah, three for four, four RBIs. He only str- he struck out once. Then you look at Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge in game two is 0 for 5 with 5 Ks. 0 yeah. for 5 with 5 Ks. Uh, Urshela, Gleyber Torres, Clint Frazier. I know he hit a bomb. Uh, was it today? Yeah, he hit an opposite field yeah, home run today. Yeah, he snuck one out. Yeah, he snuck one out. But he, part. Yeah, but he, he hasn't been hitting well. Uh, Aaron Hicks had two hits in game two, but then you look at Gary Sanchez, Brett Gardner had one hit. Pretty much everybody in the lineup besides Giancarlo Stan really didn't do shit. Yep. And, and we pitched to him. And you pitched to Giancarlo. Dude, give him, a, a, at some point, give him the Barry Bonds treatment and freaking intentionally walk him. Dude, walk, intentionally walk him or hit him. Like, just hit him with a changeup right in his butt. Be like, yep, I'm not yeah. wasting my time and energy. Like, go go to first base. So let's let's talk about Giancarlo a little more, and let's and when we dig into this, there was a time in Game Two, a big situation came in. You had Ryan Stanek come into the game. Was this game? Yeah, this was Game Two. You came, came game in. Two, yeah, he came in extremely early. I get that you want your best arm to try to get the best hitter out, but man, I felt like he came in a little bit too early. Look, if if your philosophy was that, like, I'm going to use my eighth inning guy as a high leverage guy in the sixth inning, because Luis Garcia pitched well, um, still looking for his first career win, believe it or not. But if that is your mindset, I'm bringing Stanek in. Okay, I, I, I'm okay with that. Only if the rest of your actions dictate that same philosophy. And we didn't see it. The eighth inning in a tied game you ready to use your eighth inning guy and your high leverage guy. That means you got to use your closer, Ryan Presley, in that eighth inning to get to the ninth. Because get to the ninth, y- yeah. you're in a situation that you're pot committed on this philosophy and your only two high leverage guys that you trust right now is Stanek and Ryan Presley. So they trot out Brooks Raley again, who's pitched a million times. And look, Brooks can be some a weapon that we use. Fine. I'm not here to bash on him. I'm just saying he's thrown 31 times in the 31 games that we played. Like, it's ridiculous. So, it made zero sense that you're going to Stanek that early, and then in a situation where you need a high leverage spot, you went to Brooks Raley and not to Ryan Presley. The philosophies were crisscrossing each other. Right, and you talk about that philosophy. You bring Stanek in, in the sixth, you try to get out Giancarlo Stanton. Okay, I get that. But then you trot out Brooks Raley. Brooks Raley gave up three earned runs, and he got the loss. They scored three in that eighth inning, and that was the difference. Yeah. Fast forward to game three. 
Dusty Baker goes to Ryan Presley and he records the final six outs. Why didn't you do that the game before? Right? So, like, that goes back to the philosophy thing. If you're going to trot out one of your most electric arms in the bullpen to try to do a situational job, pitch to one batter, get Giancarlo out, okay, that's fine. Bridge the gap to the eighth. But as soon as that eighth inning hits, you need to bring in... You need to bring in your closer and you need to get the final six outs. Brooks Raley has, I hate to say this, Brooks Raley has pitched too much this year. He's pitched too much. There's too many innings already. I honestly think it's just a situation again where we need the arms to get healthy and and it's scrub needs to get turned. He needs to get turned up on innings. Paredes needs to get back. Uh, Taylor needs to get back. Uh, Baez can get back. Like the bullpen needs these guys back because it's not Brooks Raley's fault that you know Dusty is calling him time and time again. Right. That's that's not a Brooks Raley problem. That's a Dusty Baker and staff problem. So Brooks can only do what he's capable of doing. If you're trotting him out and the guys are getting good looks at his 87 to 88 mile per hour cutter, like that's just a you're setting the guy up for failure. So. I think the big problem is that if you have a situation uh, like you did game two on Cinco de Mayo, you had the Stanek call in the sixth, and then you went Abreu. But in that time, the camera panned over, and Kit Emanuel spun up. It was getting hot. Okay, so why wasn't Emanuel in for the eighth if you're committed to bringing a lefty in in the eighth inning of a tight yeah. game? I mean, that that's a spot for Kit Emanuel. Let's, at least let's see what happens. We, we've seen him succeed. For his first two appearances. So uh, that screamed a spot for him. And you went to Brooks and then Joe Smith. And it was just, all right, here's the white flag. We'll see you tomorrow. Like, yeah, and that's the, as simple as it was. And in game one, you had Belak tossed an inning in two thirds. He had given up two runs. Uh, so uh, he was probably not available. But then you bring up a good point when you have Ken Emanuel sitting right there. Why not let him toss it? Why, why not bring him in when... He's got less innings on the arm this year. And I know it's early. Again, one thing that you always talk about is the PTSD, the 60 PTSD sprint, right? That's not how it is this year. So, you know, your starters aren't going to go as long just yet, even though we've seen Dusty kind of trot out some of the guys and let them extend over 100 pitches. Um, But, man, in in that situation, if you have a more – who is a more fresh arm? Kent Emanuel or Brooks Raley this season? Who is it? Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely Ken it's, Emanuel. It's Kenny Emanuel. I know that Ken Emanuel, this is his rookie year, and he's only thrown in two games. But, man, I, I think in that situation, let him go out. Let him, let's see what he can do. It's, it's early, right? So there's where you can use, hey, it's early in the season. Go out there, son. Let's see what you can do in this high-leverage situation. And yeah. give, give Brooks Raley a break, so to speak, right? Uh, so that's that's a little frustrating. Obviously, it didn't work out. You live, you learn, you make adjustments, you, you move forward. I think it just brings a spotlight that the Astros need to get those arms back. Just like you said, you need Paredes back. Uh, I don't know the situation on Baez. I think he's on the 60-day IL. So that yeah, might be, he might be it's out. Gonna be a, it's going to be a minute. Uh, Austin Pruitt is a guy that literally got to the Astros last year or, yeah, last year and got hurt. Hasn't pitched. Uh, he's still on the IL. He would be a good arm to use later in the innings to bridge the gap so it's not just Belak. Uh, so, yeah, man, it just, it just spotlights that those arms have got to get healthy and they've got to get back to help this bullpen because you're going to need the bullpen. You're going to need those few innings, the sixth and the seventh, if your starter can't get you there. Those are two big innings because you already know what you have in the eighth and in the ninth, and that's Stanek and that's Ryan Presley. So bridging that gap between the fifth and the eighth, you got to find guys that are going to come in and they're going to throw quality innings. So um, it's just something to, to watch going forward. Again, it's, it's early, but yeah, it's a little frustrating when you see that, especially against the freaking Yankees, right? There, there's nothing better than going up to New York and pissing off all of their fans and beating them just like we saw today on Jose Altuve's birthday, he hits a 96-mile-an-hour fastball at his letters and turns on and hits it out. So if you could have, you know, won the series or even a sweep, whatever you, it may be, that would have been a lot sweeter. But, I mean, it is what it is, right? It's, it's, it's May. At the end of the day, it's May. It's May. We lost a series in May. Um, but, I mean, look, 
the guys put really, really, really good at bats against the second best pitcher in the league, Garrett Cole. And I'm not saying that's a diss Garrett Cole. Jacob DeGrom is the best pitcher in the league, and Garrett Cole is number two. Um, and I think Garrett Cole said the same thing today in his in his post in his post game news conference. He said he felt like he was playing chess out there. Like the guys had really good at bats. Jordan got him twice, and it just seemed like, hey, to stay in this game. And kudos and hats off to Lance McCullers because everyone's talking about the Otuve homer, but Lance being down three one kept the team in the game and that's what we've been saying we're like hey lance keep us in games because that's the next step for you as a starting front end guy the way you're being paid is limiting damage finding ways to keep us in the games when you know things aren't going well and today he had his stuff working but he's just toe-to-toe against one of the best pitchers in the league and he did enough to keep them around and hanging around the net and, and good things happen the offense finally woke up and they and they got to the bullpen of with the Yankees, I, I didn't even realize how good the Yankees bullpen had been up to now. So um, I, I, today was a really great positive data point in my eyes. Yeah, and when you talk about Lance McCullers, six innings, six hits, three earned runs, four walks, eight Ks, 105 pitches. The Ks are up there. I think I yeah. don't think he's thrown. I don't think he's struck out less than seven in all of his outings this year. Did you Did you see what happened uh, the second time through the lineup today? Uh, no, let's tell, let's tell the listeners. So Lance in that first time, the first go around, uh, was predominantly fastball slider. And this is something I always did when I was a catcher. And I I had a guy that had three pitches was I'm not showing that third pitch until at least that second time around. I I, I want to keep that in my back pocket until, okay, they're on these two pitches. Let's not throw a wrinkle. And that's what him and Machete did today. And it worked out perfectly. They introduced that changeup. And the after the first time through the lineup, and I think Lance saw the guys almost four times through, and so he inquired that changeup, and it was just the perfect compliment today, and that's what it got him extended. And and granted, once again, Dusty was like, "Hey, we're gonna let you go out there, we're gonna extend you." Uh, I don't know, I don't have the box score in front of me, but I bet he was north of one hundred four. I bet one hundred five pitch count. Okay, yeah, that was just the eyeball test right there. Um, so. I also said uh, it like a, I also said it like ten seconds ago. So oh. there's that, too, but that's fine. <laughs> but pro- that's no, no, why but we do props, it. That's why we do that's it. That's what know? we do it. That's what we do. This is a double double stat check. Uh, no, so I think that was the the thing that I saw the most uh, was okay. These guys are finally adjusting in game yep. and tweaking their game plan. So uh, I love that. Yeah, in game adjustments are massive, massive. Yeah. Uh, and, and for and for Lance. Man, what, what else can you ask for? You kept the team in the game, like you said, but his last couple outings, he's, he's gotten past five innings. If you throw six to seven innings and you keep your, your team in the game and you keep the opposition to three or less runs, then that sets up the home team, or I'm sorry, your team to win a ball game. So for Lance to go out six innings, strike out eight, obviously four walks, you want to see that come down a bit. Um, yeah. And if there's that's going to help the pitch count. But from what I've seen from Lance McCullers Jr. this year has been pretty damn good. So oh, I think continue bargain yeah. of a of a contract. Yeah. Early, Con- early on to start. Continue to extend the inning, continue to extend outings, uh, get the pitch count down just a little bit. But um, for Lance, the outing was was nice. Eight K's again, man, uh, obviously gave up the two bombs. Uh, one to Giancarlo and then one to, uh, shit, what's his name? The uh, Clint Frazier. Yeah, Frazier. Frazier. Well, was Frazier. it really? I mean, he hit it 312 feet at Yankee Stadium. Not really. That gets out at Minute Maid uh, Park, too. I don't know. No, they it broke oppo, it down. It was Oppo Taco. It was yeah, Oppo Taco broke, for Frazier. They broke it down on the broadcast. Would it, would it, would it have been out the, at Minute Maid? No, it would have been a home run. The only, two would, ball, wow. the, only, the only two ballparks in Major League Baseball that that would have been a home run or Yankee Stadium in a Minute Maid Park. Wow. Okay. And I of course, corrected. yeah. So Frazier got himself a, a cheapy, uh, a cheap oppo taco. But either way, the Astros snuck one, uh, got away with the win. Uh, they come home. Can we uh, talk to, about Jose Altuve? To take off Toronto. Yeah, why, just, not? Let's, why not? Why not? I mean, I mean, the dude was getting 
absolutely hammered by the Bronx faithful. The Bronx Zoo was a zoo all week, but especially for Jose Altuve. And I think he didn't have a hit. Like, I think literally the homer, or I think he made a sneak, sneak one early in the game. So first, his first second uh, hit. Yeah, yeah. First game, <clears throat> he, he went over. Yeah, I think. Second game, he, he had a couple hits. And then obviously today uh, with, the, yeah. with the big home run. So he needed that more than anyone. And it was, of course, the biggest moment. And uh, our boy, our boy, Dr. Doc, I'm not going to, I'm not going to dox him but um he got the video uh of the fans just giving it to him calling him cheater and cheater and cheater and then oh boom yeah jose altuve puts one in the left field uh seats and the party was on and on his birthday it was just just a great thing to see i think the best part about jose altuve is for three straight games, he had an entire stadium booing him, cussing at him, yelling, screaming, berating him. Three straight games. Every single time he did anything, actually at any point in time. Anytime he Yankee, took a breath. The Yankee faithful started chanting towards Jose Altuve. He hits this bomb. He doesn't pimp it. He jogs around the bases. No shush. No gestures, no nothing. nothing. Steps on the plate, daps up his teammates, jogs into the dugout like it was nothing, like it didn't mean anything. That's the type of, not just player, but that's the type of human being that Jose Altuve is. He is one of the most genuine people I have personally had the chance to interview, and what he did just then, on a, during a massive moment, just speaks volumes of the type of guy that Jose Altuve is. That's the yeah. best part about this whole thing, to me, to me. It's because it's been noted, it's been said, it's been written about that Jose Altuve did not participate in the cheating scandal. He didn't want it. And the Yankees fans continue to berate him and call him a cheater. Yeah, and I, I still he have, goes out and he does that. I have no idea how he became the guy with the scar letter, but he's been doing it. He's he's wearing it for the city and the franchise, and he's just saying, okay. I mean, that's who Jose Altuve is. Like, uh, he's not going to sit there and say, it, you know, it wasn't him. He's just he's just rolling with it, and that's a testament to uh, um, who the guy is as a human being, like you said. And in that moment, in the last game in New York, to put the Astros up. And essentially win the game. Uh, it was just a, a damn good sight to see, and on his birthday. So yeah, I think it birthday. was. I think it was just another another moment in his Hall of Fame career. Yeah, and and Jose Altuve jogs the bases like like nothing, like it was nothing. Look, Great. Love if it was it. me, Brian. If it was me, I would have ran around the bases slower than molasses i would have stripped down i would have been in my i would have been in my sliders by the time i got to home plate i would have been so just putting my hand up to the crowd i would have been blowing them kisses i would have been almost naked because i would and then i'd be screaming where's the buzzer on me that's what i would have done if i was jose altuve so kudos to him to you know just taking the stroll like another home run because Did if it you? was me it would have been a uh crazy scene did you ever do any kind of gestures or pimp jobs in college after hitting a home run uh i blew a kiss to the third base dugout running third once uh because they were chirping me all game so i was like i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna get one here and sure enough i did and i, I blew them a kiss and they didn't really like that but uh i was a king of topspin so i had a lot of balls off the fence and i quickly realized after my freshman year if you if you pimp something and it doesn't get out, you're going to be wearing that for quite quite some time. So uh, I really wasn't one to, for, for pimp jobs, but when I did get one uh, rounding third base, I, I let the other team know. Yeah, I, we were playing Southwestern right outside of Austin. Uh, it was spring break, so a lot of people were, uh, a lot of family was in the stands. And... <laughs> This was my senior year of college, and I came up, and there was a big section of sorority girls in the stands. 
and they were wearing me out while I was on deck. I mean, running their mouth, screaming, saying some obnoxious, I don't even know them, didn't know them, screaming, yelling, everything. Uh, they bring in uh, a soft-throwing lefty specialist to face the guy in front of me. He gets out. I come up, and I hit an absolute tank off of him. It went over the scoreboard. I mean, probably a 400, easily a 400-foot bomb. Just absolutely just a monster bomb. I pimped the shit out of it, and I've, ne- I've never been a guy to pimp stuff. I, I bat flip, hold the hand as I'm going down first, slowly jog around first, second. I get to third. Right before I step on the plate, I do the make it rain, and I'm looking dead at these chicks. Step on home. Next inning, go out for defense. First ball hit to me. I drop in the outfield. Literally, that's what happened. Baseball gods did not like that. I get back into the dugout, and my head coach ripped me a new one. I I did not pimp stuff after that. But if I'm Jose Altuve in that situation, I am a hundred percent making it rain as I come around third. Bro, I mean I'm shushing the crowd. I'm 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 doing something like the Carlos Correa did. Oh my god, man. I'm I'm making it rain. I'm stepping on home. I'm walking back to the dugout and I'm just I'm you dude, know, I'm giving a curtain call, bro. Absolutely. I'm giving 100%. a hundred percent. The pettiness would have been so real if that was me. Hundred like, percent. I mean, that's just he's a better man than me. It's simple to say that Jose Altuve is a better man than us. That's that's Jose Altuve for you, and good good for him, especially on his birthday, especially on his birthday. So that's gonna Happy do birthday, it for Jose. That's gonna do it for segment one here on Beyond the Diamond podcast. Brian Lalima Apollo Des, follow us on Twitter at blima seven ninety at Apollo Des one, and of course our Apollo H O U page at Apollo H O U. Second segment right around the corner. We will discuss the upcoming series against the Toronto Blue Jays, and we might also dabble into how bad the umpires have been across the league this season so far. Come back. Don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. Stay here with us. Segment two of Beyond the Diamond podcast right around the corner here on the Apollo Podcast Network. Segment two of Beyond the Diamond podcast here on the Apollo Podcast Network. Brian Lalima, Apollo Des. Follow us on Twitter at blima790, at Apollo Des1, and of course at Apollo HOU. And Des, looking forward to the Friday, Saturday, Sunday series. The Astros return home and they take on the Toronto Blue Jays. You've got Urquidy. Christian Javier and Zach Grinke lined up to take on Toronto. Biggest thing for me is George Springer back on the IL, and he will not get to play against his former team. Yeah, it sucks. It sucks for George, obviously. It sucks for um, the fans, you know, getting to see him play, you know, not one last time, but um, in a new uniform and for the first time since leaving Houston. So, um I'm hurting for him, hurting for his family, because it just seems like he's got that injury bug right now and he can't shake it. I mean, he hit that home run that went 500 feet the other night, and he looked like Bob Gibson running around, or excuse me, um, Kurt Gibson walk, running around uh, the bases because he just looked so fragile and old and hurting, and he still hit the ball freaking 475 feet, I believe. So, um him running around like Gibby on the base pass just didn't look right, and uh, they shut him down. So I think he's still traveling. Our guy Astros Locker had messaged uh, Jake Kaplan and 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 showed the DM that Kaplan believes that George is still traveling with the team to Houston. Um, so I guess he will get his video, um, and his his standing ovation that he deserves. So um, that's gonna be a sight to see. But obviously, we'd like to see him, like to see him play. Uh, but. Uh, I guess we'll have to see him next year. Yep, Springer's on the 10-day IL. Uh, reports are that he's probably going to be on the IL for a little bit longer than 10 days. He's got a, a quad injury that's been nagging and kind of hanging around. And uh, like Des said, on that home run, you could definitely tell that something wasn't right, something wasn't 100% with one of his legs. So sucks for uh, George Springer and, of course, all of the fans that wanted to see him play. 
coming back to Minute Maid Park for the first time since he signed with the Blue Jays in the offseason. But if he's traveling, he'll get his tribute video, which he very much well deserves. Um, so that'll be cool to see. Plus, man, I know we talked about this last night on our Astros Watch Party slash Lalima Lounge uh, on the Apollo HOU Twitch channel. Uh, the blue, powder blue jersey, Springer, the Springer jersey. Oh, yeah. You got to cop. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, you got to cop it. Absolutely. 100%. Got to get, gotta get you one of those. So maybe that'll be in the budget here in quarter two. Uh, yeah, for my, I think for my spending. That, we can make that happen. I mean, hey, and Toronto's playing damn good baseball. They're 16 and 14. Um, hey, mm, go ahead. Finish. Finish. Go ahead. I'm just saying that they won seven of the last seven of the last 10. They're on a two game win streak. Um, the young guys are hitting the damn ball. Bachette, Vlad, um, all the guys over there. So I'm, I'm excited to see this matchup. Yeah. So when it comes to the Toronto Blue Jays, I, I remember a certain Apollo hour that we did uh, not too long ago where we talked about who was going to be one of the teams to watch this year. And I mentioned the Toronto Blue Jays and uh, no one agreed with me. But, okay, so uh, you, you were you just about to interrupt me to prove a point that you said something 30 games in that they're they're really good. Was that is that what's happening right now? That's 100 percent what's happening. OK, just, I just yeah. want to know that we're on the same page. We're on um, the same page. Yeah, they're they're yeah. good. They're young. They're good. Mm-hmm. I I don't know if their pitching can hold up. I don't. They have the offense though. I mean, Vladdy and his wagon just hit balls five hundred miles an hour off every single batter he faces, and then Bo Bichette's like reincarnated like his dad all of a sudden. So I don't know. I mean, they're they're really good. Yeah, Ross Stripling is is going to throw for the Blue Jays in Game One against Jose Urquidy. Stripling's pretty good. Obviously, Jose Arquiti is He's also one of those good. Dodgers that was bitching and moaning. I, I, I hope we hang 15 on him. Yeah, that'd be nice, especially coming back home. Um, give Arquiti a, a good amount of run support. But yeah, that's right. That's a good point that you raised. He was one of the guys that wouldn't, would yeah. not stop complaining. And he, he didn't even do anything for that yeah. Dodger team. He was a nobody. Like, yeah. shut the fuck up. Like, yeah. what? That's like, a really okay, good point. I, I get it. If it's, if it's Kirsch. Or Rich Hill or you, Darby. One of the guys that threw multiple times in that series. But Ross Stripling, I mean, come on, bro. Like, really? Ross Stripling? Whatever. <laughs> I hope we hang 50 on him. Chris Navier gets the ball on Saturday and then Zach Grinky on Sunday. Um, man, for Grinky, I just want to see him settle in and throw a solid six innings. Because this outing he had... Uh, against the Yankees was not it was not it that first inning was rough man he couldn't couldn't find the strike zone uh, was getting hit a little bit it's it's almost like I really hope he's not going to develop the Dallas Keuchel syndrome where you can't you can't get out of the first inning I I I think you're overreacting a bat a little tad much here but I mean that's fine to the last 14 days he threw two times and went seven innings like Sometimes you're just gonna have a, an umpire that has a tight zone, and Zach Greinke has to throw 80 miles an hour over the over the over the zone. And with John Carlos Stanton hitting the ball the way he is, it just bad things are gonna happen. So, um, I, I mean, of his last three starts, he he still went seven seven and six, I believe. So I'm not too too worried yet. Yet, yet. Yeah, I just want to um, see him settle in and, and throw another quality inning or quality start all cautiously optimistic you know yeah toronto has steven matz going saturday against javier um who steven matz yeah former, who the fuck former, is that? former met former met okay he, he started off the year really well 4-0 with the 231 era he's lost his last two starts and we've seen his era double to 478 so um seems like there's blood in the water there Hopefully the Astros, they, they've notoriously, they faced every single lefty I think the league has, has had so over the last 31 games. So it's nothing different there. Um, and then that Sunday game, uh, like you, you're saying with Grinky on the bump. Uh, yeah, they don't have, that, who, who they they don't have, have anybody, they they don't don't have anybody listed. No, not yet. Okay, so yeah. Um, TBD is listed, so I think we can beat that guy. Yeah, and uh, Toronto hasn't even had a home game yet. They've been playing all of their games down in Florida at their spring training facility. Uh, haven't been able to play in Buffalo. Obviously, can't play in Toronto. So they come to Houston, and um, I mean they're playing good baseball. So we'll see. 
we'll see what uh, what happens. You want to go ahead and make your prediction? Um, yeah, I think we sweep the Blue Jays. I'm going to reverse the reverse. We're sweeping the Blue Jays. Okay, I like that. I like that because the, uh, what did you say last time that they were going to get swept? It almost happened. It almost did happen. It I almost was, happened. I was a little worried that I was going to be clipped and then the timeline was going to, uh, to let me uh, hear it quite a bit. So, I guess to go back to that Yankee series real quick, real quick, were your uh, were your mentions a mess from Yankees Twitter or no? Uh, I muted a lot of them, so I don't really know. I, yeah. I just know who is the the people that that chirp, and I just was like, I don't want to deal with this, so I'm going to mute them. So I really don't know. I I know when I when I tweeted under the MLB.com, um, I tweeted under the MLB.com, show me the buzzer when Altuve hit the home run. My mentions were a wreck then, uh, yeah. but that was that was self-imposed. Uh, but other than that, everyone else was pretty. Everyone, all the Yankees Twitter the people that I follow are pretty organic and they like me, so it wasn't too I don't, bad. I don't think you'll you'll get a lot of people coming at you on Twitter from uh, Toronto Blue Jays Twitter, but who knows? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. Does Toronto do they have a Twitter? Like, is there a they Blue have, Jays Twitter? They have Drake, so who knows? They might. That is true. That's true. Yeah. So yeah. So okay. So you're gonna say that they're they're going to sweep the Blue Jays. I will say that they're gonna take two out of three again. So that that's just your default. That's your little yeah. default. I mean, I, I just I get I, it. Where do you think we drop a game? Um, it's either game one or game three. Okay. It's either Urquidy or or Grinky. Um, that's. I I have a lot of confidence in Christian Javier right now. Um, obviously Zach Grinky is Zach Grinky. He's a veteran and, you know, but for me, it's one of those is who's going to have, uh, sounds bad. Who's going to have the worst outing. This is my philosophy on the sweep. It's, uh, Jose, you're against Ross Stripling where you can hang. The offense can hang a lot of, a lot on Ross Stripling. So, and then game two, you have Christian Javier who like you, like you said, I have a ton of confidence in. And then the, the theory is, you know, what Zach Grinke you're going to get. Like, also depends on what umpire, you, the home plate umpire you get. If you're going to give Zach Grinke the edges, I mean, he's damn near unhittable. So, um, those are big concerns. But I just think you have this veteran in Zach Grinke, and you have all these young guys on this Toronto team that are going to be super anxious to try to crush his 85-mile-per-hour fastball, oh, that yeah. Zach Grinke is just going to dice these kids up. Like, I honestly it's- think we may see... Zach Grinke's best game as a Houston Astro on Sunday because I think these young kids are going to be so eager to go out and hit that 85 mile power fastball that he's going to be able to dice them up. Yeah, that's my philosophy behind that. Yeah, and you'll see a lot of uh, you'll see a lot of free swings from that young lineup in Toronto yeah. against Zach Grinke, who isn't the fireballer that he used to be. So that's a good point that you raised. So yeah, I mean, I could easily see where the the Houston Astros sweep the Toronto Blue Jays, but uh, I'll stick with the two two out of three. Um, and then let's see. Yeah, going even looking into the future a little bit more after Toronto leaves, the Anaheim Angels come back to town uh, to take on the Astros. But we'll cover that on our next Who edition. just DFA'd Albert Pujols. Isn't that wild? That did is you, bananas. Did you read why? Because he you, got into it, right? With the. Yeah. So here, this skip? is this is what I saw. No, it's not not even with Joe Madden. Accor- according to sources, Angel slugger Albert Pujols was upset that he wasn't in the lineup to face Ray's bulk left-handed pitcher Ryan Yarbrough. That decision to bench him came from the front office, not what is not manager Joe Madden. Pujols was six for nine with two home runs, two doubles, and seven RBIs against Yarbrough. Is this and, a Moneyball? Is this some? This is a scene out of Moneyball where they're like, "Quit playing Pena," and and Brad Pitt's like telling, um, "God, what's his name? The guy that actor that passed away from, along came Polly." Uh, I'm gonna look it up. I can't believe I cannot remember his name. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman is the manager for Oakland in Moneyball, and he's like, and Brad Pitt's like, "Quit playing Pena at first base. Play uh, Scotty." He's like, yeah. no, I'm not doing that. And then they traded, they traded Pena away. And he's like, well, you got to play that Scotty kid now. 
Like, is this a money ball situation where the GM is calling, make, making the lineup card? Like, does Joe Madden have no say over there all of a sudden? I just don't understand why it's the last year of his contract. He's going to retire a hall of her first ballot hall of famer. And you DFA him. That's the angels just DFA'd Albert Pujols. Think about that. Albert Pujols. One of the greatest hitters to ever live. An absolute terror against the Astros. And they just DFA'd him in the last year of his contract. Isn't that fucking wild? I mean, that that's not how you want to go out. Like you want to go out with the with the curtain call, the retirement Jeter, you know, tour. Like he deserves that. Like as much as he's been a villain and a demon and everything else to the Houston fan base, like he's one of the greatest of all times. And they just DFA him. Just toss him out like he's Wild. nothing. Just toss him out like he's nothing. I mean, does he? Does Larusa pick him up? I mean, Larusa's about to have a mutiny in Chicago. Like, the there there there's rumblings that the players hate hate this coaching, like all this stuff. Does Larusa go get his guy, <laughs> and before he gets mixed out? I mean, like, I mean, is there did, a reunion in Chicago? When you talk about Tony Larusa, didn't didn't we kind of see this coming though? Oh, I was screaming it from the mountaintops. Like, I mean, didn't we see this coming? Like, this you, this was going to happen. And and the White Sox have a good group of players up there. Yeah. And, to, and they hired Tony La Russa. Like, I, I just don't understand. When you had other candidates out there that are, be, are a much better fit for the White Sox than Tony La Russa. But, yeah, someone's going to pick him up. Someone has to pick up Albert Pools. Why, why would you not? DHM. Somebody in the American League, DHM. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. Like, he's batting like 198 on the year. Like, he sucks. But, like, if I'm Baltimore, if I'm some team that's in the bottom half, like, just let this guy go out the way he should go out. Right. But. Yeah, he, he may be hitting barely 200, but still having him in your lineup and having to face Albert Pujols is still a threat. That's Dude, what if, what if Toronto went and got him? This young team get, gets a vet? Yeah. You I know. can see that. I don't know. I'm just Yeah, it's just wild, man. Just That's just bananas. wild. And let's, speaking of wild, let's segue into our final point of Beyond the Diamond podcast here on the Apollo Podcast Network. Brian Lalima, Apollo Dez. Follow us on Twitter at BLima790, at ApolloDez1, and of course at ApolloHOU. Uh, the umpires this year have been Oof. consistently bad across the board. Bad. Bad strike zones. Uh, bad judgment calls. I mean, you name it, it's been bad. All the way across. All the way across MLB. Terrible. And we saw, saw more of it last night from Angel Hernandez, of course. Got into it with, uh, was it Singer from Kansas City? Yeah. Uh, he taught and the he ran before, a couple... he got it with, with Terry. Yeah. Francona. So, uh, what was, is it Navas that we saw? Yeah, Navas last night. Yeah. The strike zone was very consistently bad on both sides. Both sides. And we talked about this on the show last night. That with the MLB... Uh, umpires union. It's a union. You've got young, talented umpires that will never get higher than AAA because guys like Angel Hernandez will not retire. And there's nothing they can do about it. Yeah, I mean, so I, I said it on, on the Lima Lounge last night, but I'll say it again for the listeners that maybe didn't tune in. I have a buddy who's been in, um, been a minor league umpire for the last seven years. And every year they have to go to academy and they pretty much have to regraduate and then they go to the minors. And for the last seven years, he's graduated num- number one in his class. And he has been the guy to then be a major league umpire. And he hasn't got the call because it's a union. They protect the guys and all these old, old war horses that were maybe decent umpires in the eighties and nineties are still around and they're not going anywhere. And they're just collecting checks and they suck. And the game is passing them by. and. All these young guys are just being 
turned away. And my buddy's sat out this year. He's like, I'm not going to be a minor league umpire. I'm tired. I'm losing money. I'm traveling. You know, I'm spending money. I'm doing all this stuff. Like, I, I can't. It's not sustainable. Like, I'm 28 years old. Like, I'm number one in my class for the last seven years. How am I not a major league umpire? And it sucks. It absolutely sucks. Because these guys are just staying in the league and being terrible. I, I will always oppose automated strike zones and robot umps, whatever you want to call them, because I always want to have the human element in the game. But damn it, guys like Angel Hernandez and Navas are not helping that oh, it's case. Oh, Buckner, Joe yeah, West. Yeah, uh, Joe West. Yeah, Buckner, like. Joe West. Yeah, exactly. Those guys. They do not help their own case. They need to be held accountable. Is is my thing. They need to be yeah. held accountable. And then, and then, not to mention, MLB adopted a replay system, and they still can't get those right. Yeah, I said it last night. I just feel like the replay system is there to justify whatever decision the umpires went with. Like it's not even. It doesn't keep them in check. Like, yeah, there'll be some overturns, but most of the times it's like, okay, we're we're reviewing this to protect our guy and not getting the call right. And that's what really upsets me because I'm okay. I'm okay with the human element. I understand that. Like, like the infamous Jim Joyce call, right? At, at first yeah. for the Galarraga perfect game. Like, that sucks. Human element. But you have the system in place that doesn't even, like, keep these guys in check. Like, and we, we talked about where the XFL was the only sports organization that kept their referees and replay officials accountable. Like, they literally fired a guy for getting a call wrong. And he was a senior guy. And so it, it just blows my mind that we're in the year 2021 and we have to have these conversations. Yeah, when you, when you talk about the Jim Joyce situation where uh, – was it a perfect game or was it a no-hitter? It would have been a perfect game. Would have been a perfect game, okay. Yeah. But when it comes to Jim Joyce, have you ever heard another bad thing about his umpiring? I think he had one thing that flared up where he missed the call in the playoffs, but other than that, on that magnitude, no. No, you don't. And then you, but you consistently hear uh, guys, oh, you hear yeah. complaints about so many umpires. That's the always, frustrating thing. It's always the same guys. And that's it what is. I think Terry Francona said. He's like, it, it's always something with you, Angel, I believe was the quote. Like, it's always something with you. That's frustrating for everyone. It's very frustrating, especially, obviously, the players the managers, coaching staff, whatever. But, dude, the, the MLB, Rob Manfred has got to get that figured out because it's, it's not just in the games that we've watched with the Astros. It's all across the board. There was the play at the plate a couple weeks ago on Sunday Night Baseball. Yeah. Where the, the dude's foot literally skipped over the plate. They, they, went, to they went to review it, and you could clearly see he didn't hit home plate. And they still got it wrong. So it's, it's shit like that they've got to hold these guys accountable for. Make the replay system better. It's 2021. Yeah. Frustrating, man. Just all across the board. Just be absolutely better. frustrating. Yeah, be better. Just be better. Because if I, ask. if I did that at my job, I don't have a job. I get reprimanded. These guys yeah. don't. These guys they don't. Get, they get a fat check. Right. That's the frustrating part is the guys are not held accountable. And umpires but. are the goddamn worst. And I'm about to go on a rant right here because I go. hate umpires Fired more than up. pitchers. Let's go. Because these guys are so, they have this God complex. They have this little man syndrome. And they think they're the best thing since fucking sliced bread. And they sit there and they protect their own because that's what unions do. And they think they're unfucking touchable And they're not. They're not. They're only untouchable because of some bullshit law that some union did 40 fucking years ago. Like, it makes zero sense that these guys think they're the fucking Pope of baseball and they, they, they suck. They suck. They should, be, they should be begging for money underneath the freaking bridge on I-45. Shouldn't be umpiring a freaking baseball game. Blows my freaking mind. Be better. You feel good? I feel better. Does that feel good? Yeah. Is that it? Do you want to I, keep going? Or no? Okay. Yeah. That was good. I'm just I'm gonna I'm gonna politely agree with you on that. I, I don't I don't want you to yell anymore. But um yeah, I I think the 
Another frustrating part is when umpires try to make the game about them. The game is not about you. You are a byproduct of the game. We are not there to see you. The players are not there to see you. Be better. Do better. Make adjustments. Right? Make adjustments. If you have a shitty zone in the first inning, fix it. Don't have, don't have seven to eight more shitty innings. If you have one shitty inning and you blow a call, okay, that's fine. We're all human. We all make mistakes. Make the, excuse me, make the in-game adjustment and fix it. Or just own up to it. Or that too. Hey, I blew that call. That's on me. I'll just do better. own up to it, yeah. Like, I'll do better. I gotta I do would, better. I would 100% sit there and, and cope with another human being and they're just like, I fucked it up. Yep. Like, I just fucked up. Here we are. But Whatever. we don't see it. But we don't see it. That's it. And we don't see it. Whatever. Just get better. Do better. <clears throat> That's going to do it. Man, we ended up on a high note. We that did. rant was phenomenal. I hope someone clips I, that. I, I just had to get it off my chest. I had to. It's great. I agree with you. So we'll see. I, and I doubt Manfred's going to do anything because Manfred's an idiot himself. You know, there's got to be something that's done because it's just been consistently bad. But it is what it is. Deal with it, I guess. That's going to do it for another edition of Beyond the Diamond podcast. The Astros will take on the Toronto Blue Jays Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Des, you going to go to any of those games? I don't know. I I might. It's Mother's Mother's Day weekend, so I may uh, try to sneak to the ballpark either Friday or Saturday. Sunday's obviously for Mama Des, so... um, I may I may try to sneak if if George was playing I would absolutely be there. Yeah, he's not, so it kind of turns me off. So we'll see. Yeah, I wanted to go to the Friday night game, but George Springer is not going to be there, or he'll be there, but he will not be suited up playing. Uh, so I'm not going to go. But um, but the Astros are going to look for uh, to get uh, to continue the winning ways because they just got done beating the Yankees. So look forward to the Friday, Saturday, Sunday series. We will record another edition after the Sunday game and preview the Angels coming into town. The Astros are at home for a while. You've got Toronto. Yep. You've got got Toronto, the Angels, and then the Arlington Rangers are back in town. I will be going to one of those games. I want all the smoke. I may go all. I may go all. I want want all the smoke. The Arlington Rangers, because they suck. And I love it. They suck. They suck. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for another edition of Beyond the Diamond podcast here in a couple of days. Brian LaLima, Apollo Dez. Follow us on Twitter at BLima790, at Apollo Dez1, and of course, at Apollo H-O-U. Dez, any final thoughts before we sign off? Fuck them. We ball. Love you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Give us a uh, a five-star review when you get a chance. Like, subscribe, our Twitch channel, what is it? Twitch.tv slash Apollo HOU. Look us up on YouTube at Apollo HOU. And then, of course, on Twitter. Thank you for listening. We'll catch y'all later. Go Astros. Taking on the Blue Jays Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Peace. Love you guys.